Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the All Nine Yards podcast. My name is Luke Lenner. I'm joined today, yet again, as I have been every episode since the season started, by Caleb Arthur. And Caleb, week five in the NFL is almost over. We have the Monday Night Football game later tonight. But the Sunday slate has concluded, and my, oh, my, what a Sunday slate it was. We have a lot of games to get to, some upsets, a lot of missed kicks, which we will definitely talk about later in the episode. But I think we should probably start with the London game, because since we're just going to go chronological order here, the Jets and the Falcons faced off in the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in London. The Falcons jumped out to an early lead. The Jets kind of closed down at the end, but the Falcons ultimately stayed in front. Cordell Patterson had yet another good game, and Kyle Pitts, finally caught a touchdown. Caleb, what did you make of this Jets defeat and this Falcons win? You know, this was, I mean, it was pretty much what I expected. I thought the Jets had a really good shot at winning and it almost looked like the Falcons were going to choke as they often do. So mm-hmm. I think that if you're the Falcons, you should be happy because it feels like in, like in, in past years, this would have been a game that they would have fully blew. Yeah. But um, they got a late touchdown to seal the deal. So I guess that's a, a big win for Atlanta. They're two and three, which isn't awful, although it still doesn't feel like they're that good of a team. And then the Jets, I, I feel like the fact that the, you, you were, despite it being the Falcons, you were able to get somewhat of a comeback going. So I think that's promising. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach Wilson was very solid in the second half. If he can just um, stop getting off to these really slow starts, I feel like the Jets are going to be in a position to, to win some games this year. Yeah. Definitely. I would agree. I think uh, as you kind of uh, said, well, how the teams played, I was most impressed by a couple certain players, both of them on the Falcons, Cordell Patterson and Kyle Pitts. Pitts kind of had his first breakout game as a Falcon because they finally started consistently throwing him the ball. Um, he had had nine catches for 119 yards and a touchdown kind of showing that he really is that top five draft pick that they selected him to be Cordell Patterson yet again, had just had just a crazy game. I mean, this guy, he's he's kind of being used as both a receiver and a runner. He's got the speed to run well. He even threw a pass in the game. Sadly, it was incomplete, but he even threw one. Uh, he had 14 carries for 54 yards, which led the team in both yards and and carries. Um, he had one more yard and one more carry than Mike Davis. And then he had seven catches for 60 yards. Uh, so whoever picked Coral Air Patterson in the end of their fantasy draft or whoever picked him up after like week two is probably loving life right now because he's putting up some solid PPR numbers. But yeah, that's kind of what I thought of the Falcons moving on to the next game in the Sunday slate. I mean, we'd have to talk about this eventually and we might as well get to it. Now the Packers and the Bengals played uh, an interesting game of football. I have a lot of thoughts about this game, but Caleb, I'll let you go first. So I, so I, uh, so I don't feel like I'm holding you back, but what did you think of this game? Yeah. You know, this was a, a lot of games just because there's so many games on. I don't watch from start to finish this one. I watched from start to finish. So. I can really give a good input on it, but I've watched a lot of football games. I've never seen anything quite like this. Yeah. I mean, this, it was insane. So, I mean, I guess overall, if, if you're the Packers, I guess you're thankful you pulled, pulled out with the W. If the Bengals, you're really disappointed. But at the same time, I think, you know, you, you played good. You kept it uh, within three with a good Packers team, obviously a playoff team. So I think if you're the Bengals, you can't be too uh, disappointed. Your defense overall played really good. It got timely stops when it needed to. It was very good on third down. Um, so I think it, it, the Bengals' defense definitely seems like a unit that is on the rise. 
And then the offense, obviously, the Joe Burrow to, to Jamal Chase uh, connection is getting better every week. I mean, it was really good yesterday. Um, he just had, you know, Joe Burrow had a really bad interception at the start of overtime. That may have cost them the game, but still, I mean, the Packers, I guess the Packers deserve to win this one a little more because they, they missed uh, a more, more kicks. Yeah, so I guess whichever team missed more short kicks, I guess, should have won, and the Packers ended up uh, getting that win. But it, it was insane. So, honestly, I think if you're both teams, you feel like this is a game that if, if we just kick a little bit better, it's a game that we, we would come away with feeling really good. Yeah, I agree with most of the stuff you said. I'm going to take a mostly Bengals side on this uh, because I am a Bengals fan and I watched it from a Bengals perspective. But I'm going to start with the defense. I thought the defense played very well. Obviously, um, Devontae Adams had a very, very good game. He was hard to stop. He went for 200 yards and a touchdown on only 11 catches. But most of it seemed to be just communication issues in the secondary. Uh, I thought Chidobi Awuzie had a fantastic game. He had to be matched up with Adams for most, of the, for most of the afternoon. And I thought he had a fantastic game. I was a little disappointed with how the linebackers played. Uh, I felt like A.J. Dillon could very, very easily leak into the flat and get like 10 yards a catch, um, especially in the red zone, which is something that I feel like the Packers have been doing that for years. So the Bengals should have come into the game knowing like this is what they're going to do in the red zone. This is the red zone play. But I thought they did a good job of stopping Cobb, uh, Randall Cobb going underneath, and they definitely shot down Alan Lazard as well as Robert Tanyan. On the offensive side, uh, I thought Joe Burrow did not play well at all. You know me. I'm one of the biggest Joe Burrow guys on planet Earth, but I really thought this was not his best game. This might this wasn't his worst game of the season. His worst game of the season was definitely Chicago, but this has this is in contention to be his second worst game of the season. I think it probably is because both of his interceptions were extremely untimely, extremely untimely. I mean, you look at the bear stats and you think, okay, he had a fine game. But I think if as somebody watched the whole contest, they were every single offensive drive, they were in it. Like they showed the Bengals, I think as a team that they can go toe to toe with any team, with any team. Um, and they can keep it close with, with any opponent and any given Sunday, they just, they have to deliver the knockout blow. And that's something that Burrow is supposed to kind of push them over the top and let them do. And that's something he didn't do today. He threw an interception on a drive that could have changed a lot of momentum in the third quarter. They were driving, um, they were down, they needed to score to tie. And then he threw another one in, in over T and, and there's just really no excuse for that pick in OT. He misses, Boy- first of all, he stares down Boyd the entire route and he misses him by about three yards to the left and goes straight into the arms of the Green Bay defenders. So um, it's not a great game from Burrow. I mean, Mixon was hurt, so obviously he didn't run as much as he usually did. I thought he ran fine. I thought Samaj P. Ryan ran pretty well, though he just tested positive for COVID, so that's not good. But um, I thought I thought the Bengals' running game was was pretty solid. They didn't run it a lot, but I thought they was solid. And Burrow, I, I've ran three times and gave every single Bengals fan on planet Earth a heart attack when he got whopped on a third down and just had to like lay on the ground for a minute and just stare at the sky. And I honestly thought he got really hurt on that play. I started freaking out because he hit his knee, but the receiving core was fantastic. I mean, Higgins had a couple bad drops, but Jamar chase, man, take a bow son. That is the exact player they drafted him to be. And while the offensive line did really struggle in this Bengals game, I'm not seeing any analysts saying they should have taken Sewell over chase. I'm just saying, I'm not seeing anyone saying that Sewell was still the better pick. As much as everybody wanted to push the narrative that Burrow's going to get killed, and yes, he's getting hit, you can't deny what Jamar Chase has done to this offense. I think without Jamar Chase, the Bengals don't even put up 10 points in this game, much less 22. Um, but the, finally, the final point is just from a coaching and play calling perspective, I think people are being a little too hard on Zach Taylor after this game. 
Um, I really, I did not like a lot of his calls, but I think he trusts his kicker. And it's just, it's unfortunate that McPherson is those two kicks. He's a rookie. So you can kind of let it slide. I, he was doing really well in the first half of the season, or not the first half of the season, the first couple of games. So it's disappointing that he missed. But I think it's just, it's Taylor just trusting him and McPherson just missing. Um, and that's really frustrating. I was also very concerned about the, the refereeing. I'm going to be honest, at, as the, at the risk of sounding like some, uh, sounding like I'm trying to search for any excuse in the, in the, in the jar. There was a Joe Mixon run deep in overtime that really looked like he got the first down and they didn't even review it. And then McPherson then missed the field goal because it was on a third down. But they would review anything the Packers did, um, which was which was pretty frustrating. So that's kind of all I have to say. I mean, just think the offense scoring 22 points is great. I'd love to see them score more, but I think that's mostly due to the fact that Higgins had a couple of drops um, and Burrow wasn't himself. But I'm mostly impressed with Jamar Chase. And I mostly think this team can be can be disappointed that they didn't win, but be proud that they were in a position to win, um, I think is kind of the best way I can put it. But they have Detroit next week in Detroit. And I have a feeling they're going to win that game by 30 because they're going to come out angry. They're going to play angry. And Burrow has never been somebody who's backed down from a challenge. So I think he's going to have a huge bounce back game next week. That's the end of my Bengals whinging that probably just took up about a third of our runtime. But speaking of Detroit, they played the Vikings in Minnesota this past week and they lost on a last second field goal. Um, I'd love to bring up that Jared Goff clip from a couple weeks ago when he said the gut punches will stop. Jared, they're not going to stop. I hate to break it to you, but Craig Joseph, uh, sorry, Greg Joseph, not Craig Joseph, um, walked it off for the Vikings with a 54-yard field goal after the Lions kind of came, almost came all the way back in the fourth quarter. They've been a very strong second-half team, so there's not much to make of this other than the Lions just have great fight and no roster talent, so hopefully next year they'll be better, just for the sake of Lions fans, but that's kind of all I have to say. Yeah, it was it was very, I mean, if you're the Lions, you're just going to be so frustrated, but also, despite them being 0-5, they're better than I thought, which is weird to say, despite that they were own five, but I, I definitely think they're better than most people thought they were going to be. So I guess if you're the Lions, you can really hang your hat on how much fight this team has. Um, I guess you really, if you're Detroit, your main hope is just that even if you bring in more talent through the draft, maybe even some in free agency, uh, you hope that those young guys and, and guys that come into the, into the organization in the future still have the desire to put up a, a big fight um, yeah. no matter how they play to have what, what they've been doing in the past. Um, and I think if that, if that's the case, if they can maintain this fight, uh, even when they start getting more talent, then the Lions are definitely a team to watch uh, out for, for sure. Yeah. I thought that I'm very impressed by how they've been, uh, by how they've been coached this year. Cause a lot of people, I think we're a little question. We're questioning the Dan Campbell hiring, but I think he's done an excellent job kind of rallying this team. Um, the next game, the Broncos, the Steelers, both of us picked the Broncos, this one in a close game. And they did again, almost come back in the fourth quarter, but ultimately the Steelers remained victorious. Even after Bridgewater started the game, Najee Harris kind of had his best game as a Steeler as did Chase Claypool and the Steelers offense definitely woke up. Sadly, Juju Smith-Schuster injured his shoulder and will be out for the season. So, Caleb, how do you think that injury could affect an already an already slightly woeful Steelers offense down the road? Yeah, I mean, obviously the Steelers, um, they draft receiver really well, so they're pretty deep. But obviously Juju is still a big part of that receiving core, so it's definitely going to uh, take a hit to their offense. But I think if you're the Steelers, you just have to find kind of what you did um, – Yesterday, the offensive line clearly had its best game of the season, oh, and it's yeah, not close. Yeah, they actually were able to 
give Najee some holes and they actually protected Ben pretty well uh, Mm -hmm. too. So I think if you continue to get the offensive, that offensive line and running performance from Pittsburgh, this could be a team that I don't know if they'll make the playoffs, but, but could uh, win substantially more games than we would have thought two weeks ago. So I think if you're the Steelers, you, you can, you have some hope today. And maybe yeah. it's not going to be a complete total disaster of a season. Yeah, I agree. I thought this game is, is one that gives you hope. Um, and it's really what the Steelers are, think are going to kind of roll the rest of their season off of is what they, what their recipe for success was in this game. Uh, a, a lot of carries for Najee Harris, not a lot of throwing for Ben Roethlisberger and the defense do just kind of do their thing. Um, they have Seattle next week followed by the Browns. So that's two tough games. If they can just win one of those two, I think they're pretty happy heading into a stretch where they play the bears and the lions, which is, should be two wins. So I think the Steelers can, can leave the day feeling a lot better than, than how they felt heading in. Let's see another game on the one o'clock slate, the dolphins visiting the Buccaneers in the Florida Derby. Um, one of what, like three possible Florida derbies. Uh, honestly, Brady was just cooking. I think he was playing the playing playing the team he knows so well, playing a coach he knows pretty well. Antonio Brown looked like his old self, which is a scary thought. If Antonio Brown can look like his old self in a Buccaneers offense, it's already loaded. But really, it was just the Dolphins looking like a not playoff team, uh, a team that a lot of people thought coming into the season could make a run. Really, their only win was because of a pretty lucky fumble late uh, late in the game. But other than that, they held, they played the Raiders close. To be fair to them but they looked pretty lifeless against the bills and the Bucks and the Colts. So it's going to be tough. I mean, they have, they have an easy schedule. You can't deny that it's the Jags and the Falcons and the Texans play all those teams, play the jets jets twice, obviously. So we'll have to see, but for now I'm, I'm impressed with how the, uh, the pit, not the Patriots. I'm really impressed with how the Bucks played. And I'm really disappointed with how the Dolphins played given the expectations that we had heading into the season. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think if you're the Dolphins, this is might be obviously losing to the Buccaneers is not something to freak out about. Mm-hmm. But just the way that they lost. I mean, Xavier Howard was my pick for defensive player of the year last year. And yeah. he has not been good at all this season. Mm-hmm. And I think that it, it, you just have to worry with the Dolphins because obviously two seasons ago, they were really bad, but they actually got better toward the end of the season. And then last season they went 10 and six, um, which I feel like we kind of didn't talk about much because they still ended up missing the playoffs just because how deep the AFC was last year, but they were in a, mm-hmm. they headed in a fantastic direction. Um, most people had them making the playoffs this year. Um, and it's just all gone downhill and I'm not exactly sure why. Um, the quarterback play obviously is not ideal. But it, it's still – they should still be with their defense and, and their personnel be able to still put up a fight and win some games despite that quarterback play like they did last season. And, and it's just – I don't know. I just – I guess if you're the Dolphins, it looks like they're pretty much done from playoff contention. It looks like the way they're playing. So I think if you're the Dolphins, you need to really worry about what's going on there. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's pretty concerning for Miami. I don't think – I mean, is Flores on the hot seat? I don't think so, just given the amount of injuries they've had. Like, even their, the Will Fuller, their big signing, is already on IR. So, I, I don't. I think it, it would be very hard for him to lose his job after the season unless they literally lose the next, uh, the next what would yeah. that be, twelve games straight. Um, but they should sneak a couple, steal a couple wins here and there. But yeah. Now the next game, Saints versus Washington, the one that actually separated you from me in uh, in our 
pick battle of, uh, of yesterday, the one that actually got you the win for last week because that was the only game we picked differently. Uh, Washington at home played the Saints real close, but Jameis Winston, of course, like because everybody expected him to have this kind of game, throws for four touchdowns on 50% completion and 279 yards, while Kamara doesn't do in fantastically on a lot of carries. This Saints team just is so confounding. I just have no idea what they are. Um, I don't know, man. The Saints team confuses me. That's really what I what I have to say about them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, literally the only reason I picked them is because they were bad last week. So I thought, well, they've been a roller coaster, so I guess they'll be good this week. Yeah. And they won. So I guess that was a smart decision. But yeah, I mean, with the, I was looking at the NFC uh, playoff picture last night, and it's really weird because now with Russell Wilson. I'm going to be out for a while for Seattle in that already brutal division. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a very real shot of missing the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, the Panthers, I'm sure we'll talk about them in a minute. Yeah. Um, are not very good. So if the Saints can just maybe be go downhill and, and be a little bit more consistent, they don't even have to be super consistent. If they're just a little bit more consistent than they have been uh, so far, this mm-hmm. team has a real shot of making the playoffs because it looks like, in the NFC, nine and eight would would get him into the playoffs with, with Russell Wilson out and all that. Yeah. So um, the Saints, I mean, I don't know. It's going to be really interesting. They're the hardest team to, to rank. Like if I was to do power rankings, I don't know. In the world, in the world I'd put the Saints. So, mm-hmm. um, And then Washington, they'd fire their defensive coordinator. Uh, so that was uh, Jack D'Aria, who's actually – Went 12 and four with the Raiders a few years ago. Remember that? Yeah. That was in the, in the car broken leg season. Yeah. That was, that was a fun team. But um, yeah, but now he's out and Washington is giving up more points. I think they're giving up the second most points in the league so far this season. So it's just looking not good. Not good for Washington. Yeah, I agree. I think if you told Washington that they'd, they'd be two and three after five weeks. They wouldn't be too mad. They'd assume their losses would come where they came, which means a loss to the Chargers, a loss to the Bills, a loss to the Saints. But to tell them that they've given, that they haven't allowed less than 20 points in a game, even when they played teams like the Giants and the Falcons, I think would be very, very frustrating Um, because this defense was supposed to be a kind of unit that can carry them. Uh, They can carry them to wins, and it's clearly not showing to be that. Taylor Heineke, Taylor Heineke is kind of having the offense is having to to carry this Washington team to wins, and I don't think it's the offense that has that kind of firepower to do that. So it's concerning. Again, I, I mentioned schedules like I feel like every single matchup, but Washington plays in the NFC East, so they have two games against Philly they haven't played yet. They have a game against uh, the Giants they haven't played yet. They have two against Dallas who are actually pretty good they haven't played yet. Um, so it should be interesting to see how they can respond. Firing coordinators midseason usually works for a couple weeks and then doesn't work anymore. So we'll have to see. But you predicted it. Uh, we are going to talk about the Panthers right now, and we're going to talk about the Eagles too. The Eagles and the Panthers um, facing off in Carolina, Jalen Hurts having whatever the heck he did. I mean, if the, if the Saints are the Saints, Jalen Hurts is the Saints. I mean, he just he's never so good you think he's like a quarterback of the future, but he's never so bad you think you should uh, get rid of him and tank for, for I don't know, like, Sam Howell at this point. So it's, I don't know what he is, but the Eagles won. The Eagles snuck a win. They blocked the punt uh, late. They gave him some, some key points and the Panthers looked very, very concerning down the stretch. So we'll have to see. Uh, how do you think this Panthers team can, can kind of recover after two pretty disappointing losses back to back weeks? Yeah. Do the Panthers? I mean, that is not a performance. I mean, 
the a, a Philly defense that before yesterday was struggling a lot. Um, really shut down the Panthers offense, especially in the second half. So um, these are the kind, I mean, Sam Donald had his worst game as the Panther uh, yesterday. Looked like Jet Sam Donald. It was not good. Um, those are the kind of performances that is going to make a, a very aggressive uh, Panthers owner uh, say, screw it and, and make a move for like Deshaun Watson or something. Yeah. Um, so I think if you're Sam Donald, you bet if you're not going to be the Panthers starting quarterback next year, if you keep playing like that, because you've already been on thin ice from your uh, days in New York. So um, Panthers really kind of fall from grace, I think we're seeing. But I'm going to give the Eagles some credit. Their defense obviously really stepped up. Jalen Hurts did uh, what he needed to do um, to, to pick up the W. So the Eagles, they are they're a little bit better than I thought they were going to be. Um, so I'm going to give credit to them on how uh, how well they fought in the second half and, and how much their defense uh, stepped up. Yeah, I agree. I think fight has never been the question for this Eagles defense. They all seem to play very well as a unit. That's something Sirianni seems to do well at is rallying his troops. It's just a matter of actually coaching in the game. And I watched the whole Eagles game later uh, on delay, and I think Sirianni is not a very good coach. Um, he seems to be a fine motivator, but is, as an in-game decision maker, it's pretty poor. So we'll have to see how we can do over the rest of the season. But I agree. I think the Eagles defense is the is who deserves the game ball. Um, Hertz played fine. Uh, Devonta Smith played fine. But really, it was the Eagles defense and special teams that stepped up after a couple of questionable weeks. So good for them. They play the Bucks Thursday. Maybe they're just really, really good against the NFC South. But I think they might get crushed. Um, let's see. Yes, Titans-Jaguars, the next 1 o'clock game we have to get here. Eventually, the Titans – the Titans – Ended up winning by, what is that, 18? Quick maths, quick maths. And uh, and Derrick Henry found the end zone three times to yet again carry my fantasy team. I'm telling you, man, Josh Allen, Derrick Henry is the potent duo for your fantasy league. But, Caleb, you are the Titans' uh, specialty man, the Titans extraordinaire. What did you think of this matchup? Yeah, I think my biggest takeaway, despite being a, a Titans guy, was actually the Jags. I mean, the Titans were just about almost – almost as beat up yesterday as they were against the Jets. And, yeah. and they still, you know, beat the Jags by 18 and they lost the Jets by three. So not only are the Jags bad, they're clearly a two below even the Jets. And when you're and a two below the Jets, you got problems. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's I don't know, Urban Meyer, obviously, I, we both kind of mentioned this when we did our predictions, that we were kind of expecting the Jags not to have their best performance with everything that's been going on there, but um, Trevor Lawrence actually played pretty well, which I mean, most quarterbacks do against that Titans defense, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think if you're the Jags, I mean, I don't know. I think the way you're looking, um, they went one and 15 last year. I'm really starting to think this is like a one and 16 or two and 15 team. Yeah. And um, I, I think if it, it, I just, that's, we talked about this. We said the Jaguars, the only way that they should be disappointed is if they get, don't even get three wins. As long as they get three wins, it's not a disappointing season. Well, I don't know if they're going to get three wins. Yeah, it so, might end up being a pretty disappointing season. So I, I didn't know that was possible for the Jaguars season to be uh, even more disappointing than last, but it very well might be. So, um, And then for the Titans, you know, whatever, they're winning the division uh, by, well, I guess a game and a half or two games, depending on what happens tonight. But um yeah, so I guess they're they're definitely in the driver's seat. Thank God we're in the AFC South. But yeah. uh, 
yeah, so that's good good for them. They're, they're still in the clear uh, control of that division. Yeah, I would agree. I think the Titans just kind of handled business. And at the risk of piling on the Jaguars too much, I mean, I think week one was one of their best chances to get a win because we've just seen the week one performances just don't translate over. Um, but now after the Texans played against the Patriots, we'll talk about that in a minute. Where can they get a win? I mean, they might steal one. Who knows? Maybe they're like really good in London. Maybe they'll beat the Dolphins next week. Um, but no, really, an interesting game. It's yeah, the Jets and the Texans are kind of the only bad teams they play. Yeah. The Falcons maybe, but the Falcons have clearly shown that they can handle business against teams that are definitely worse than them. They can't really play yeah. up to their competition, but they will beat the teams that are worse than them. And other than that, I mean, it, it, it's like Seahawks, Bills, Colts, Niners, Rams, Titans, all these teams with winning records, the Patriots, the Colts again. I, I just, I mean, I don't know. I'm very, very intrigued to see where they can get their first win because surely they have to win one game. And it's, I think it's, I think it's either going to come next week or it's going to come against the Jets or the Texans whom they play in back-to-back weeks. So we'll have to see. But speaking of the Texans, they sadly lost, but just like the Lions are shown to be a bad team with lots of fight. Davis Mills um, played like an MVP for some reason for like half the game. Honestly, for the whole game, 21 for 29, 312 yards and a three touchdowns. That is like efficiency football. Uh, Chris Moore, have you ever heard of him? Me neither. Had an amazing game. Five receptions for 109 yards and a touchdown. And the Texans were winning for the entire game until the fourth quarter. And honestly, until the last play. Um, when the Patriots kicked a field goal to take the win by three Patriots ran the ball well, and ultimately kind of lucked out in a big win, but man, I'm impressed by this Texans team. I feel like I say this every week, but they, they, they have some fight and they have some scrap in them. And I think for an organization that's in so much turmoil, you have to credit David Cully for coming in. A lot of people considered him to be a terrible pick um for head coach, but he's come in and he's kept this team competitive in a lot of their games, obviously not at the bills, but every other game has been competitive until the fourth quarter. And even in the fourth quarter, it's been close against the Pats and the Jags. They actually won in the Jags. So, uh, yeah, good for the Texans. I think they're just kind of be like a lovable loser for the rest of the season. But uh, but what do you think about the Patriots and the Texans? Yeah, um, the Texans, I really thought it looked like they were going to win that game. They were up 13 in the third quarter. So, um, yeah, it felt like they had it. Davis Mills um, – Played a lot better than I expected, especially with uh, Belichick obviously being really good against young quarterbacks that did not really win true. Um, if you're the Texans, yeah, you've got to be actually, despite being one and four, I think you have to be pretty pleased. They're, they are definitely not, you know, they're still not uh, a very good team or anything, but they're better than I thought. They're better than most people thought they were going to be. So I guess for a team that's just, um, down the drain and, and with everything that happened with the Texans and, and Deshaun Watson and all that this offseason, I think they are just despite being one and four, I, I don't think you can look at the season so far as a failure by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you're the Patriots, I guess just, you know, you got to win. It was kind of a lucky win, but Mac Jones was able to come from behind, which is obviously something that um, there were a lot of quarterbacks who were even pretty good quarterbacks that just cannot come down. Um, from two touchdowns behind in the second half, but but Mac Jones had a really good second half. So um, I, I think this is probably just because of that second half comeback. I would say it's probably his most impressive game of the season. Yeah, I agree. I think he did something a lot of us didn't think he had much of the capacity to do, and it was carry a team, um, not carry a team, but bring a team back from behind where he had to take charge and throw it down the field and 
did a good job in that. So Mac Jones with a good game and the Patriots with kind of escaping with a win. Another rookie that had a good game and secured yet another win for the rookies after a, a historically bad first three weeks. The rookies have now won a fair bit of games. Uh, Justin Fields threw his first career passing touchdown in Las Vegas as the Bears. The Bears, yes, the Bears are now three and two um, after a very questionable first couple games of the season. They've suddenly uh, sprung to three and two. Obviously, I mean, I think they're taking they took care of the of business against the Lions, but overachieved and beat the Bengals by three overachieved and beat the Raiders by 11. Um, but I think you said it yourself. Uh, you texted me during the game that Thanksgiving has come early. <laughs> this Raiders team after a three and zero start, everyone thinking they were number one in their power rankings. have now lost back-to-back games, both at home. Sorry, I lied. One at home, one on the road um, by double digits. And yet again, it's car isn't playing well. I mean, the organization's in crazy turmoil. John Gruden is like, apparently said some racist stuff 10 years ago. Uh, he's been having to issue apologies. I'm sure that's not good for a locker room. Their car is not playing well. Peyton Barber is their leading rusher with only 143 yards. It's, it's tough. They just got dominated. Um, their offense just got dominated. So I have some concern about the Raiders heading down uh, the stretch, but good for the Bears getting their win. Yeah, so I have two takeaways from this game. First, I'm looking at all the teams. The Bears got to be the worst team with a winning record, right? Oh, probably. I mean, I don't even I don't even know the rest of the teams with a winning record, yeah, but I know. Just like, and I can see every team's record right now. Mm-hmm. And I guess maybe I I think it's really kind of between the Bears and maybe I guess the Broncos. But or the Raiders, possibly. Could the Bears maybe, be better than the Raiders? I mean, they beat them, so I I don't know. So that was my first takeaway. Uh, Matt Nagy is trying to save his job, and he's doing a decent job at uh, that attempt so far. We'll see how that goes. And my second, so I was, you know, last night doing, um, you know, just relaxing, you know, uh, watching the start of Sunday Night Football, mm-hmm. you know, scrolling through social media, and I came across something very interesting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and the first thing I thought of when I saw it was the fact that the Raiders uh, blew a game against a team we, we thought was way worse than them. And I and it's just it's poetic, really. Yeah. Today is Canadian Thanksgiving. Oh wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So it's really poetic, actually. So I guess it, it doesn't matter what country is celebrating Thanksgiving. If if there if somebody out in the world, somebody out there is celebrating Thanksgiving, the Raiders don't play well. So I guess that's that's the thing. So uh, the Raiders, um, I don't know. I don't want to say they're totally dead yet because it's only been two games, but. Just when just knowing their history over the past few years, it's hard to have a lot of faith in them after seeing what they're doing because it just feels like, oh, here we go again. So um, Raiders, I don't know. I think um, most people just solely because of what their reputation has been, I think pretty much everybody has already leaped off the Raiders bandwagon as fast as they can. Yeah. And uh, Luke, the schedule guy back, the Raiders play the – Broncos on the road, which should be a very interesting game. I think the loser of that game is going to have a lot of questions. And they're the Eagles at home, then they're at the Giants. So it's two manageable games and a game against the Broncos that could decide how manageable those next two games really are. Um, We'll have to see. So this is a pretty important stretch uh, for Vegas after this. Hopefully Derek Carr can bounce back. He said today, or yesterday actually, he's not going to negotiate an, an extension for the rest of the year. Then he proceeds to go out and have his worst game of the year. So maybe Derek, maybe you should negotiate an extension, but uh, that's kind of, that's kind of all we have for the bears Raiders, a four o'clock game. That was, wow. What a doozy. This one was the Browns and the chargers, Caleb, 
what were your thoughts on the Browns and the Chargers? Yeah, this was this was another game I watched most of. So, I mean, it was insane. I mean, both offenses were just uh, going down the field with ease. It was a lot, uh, you know, just like checkdowns that turned into big plays. So I guess you could say, um, do you want to say both offenses played really well or did both defenses play really bad? I don't know. But um, I guess some of both. I guess would be would be the fair answer to give, but um, you know, obviously uh, the the big talk of the game was there was a bad you know pass interference call um, on the Browns that uh, gave the Raiders you know a, a short field to uh, take the lead with a touchdown. So I guess if you're the Browns, you feel like you should have won that game, but at the same time, I don't have a ton of sympathy for you when you give up 47 points. So. Yeah. Um, I don't know. They obviously, when you're a Browns defense, you know, with, with Miles Garrett and, and all the uh, players you've acquired through, you know, free agency and drafting over the past few years, um, to see you give up 47 points has got to be disappointing. Um, if you keep giving up uh, 47 points, you're not going to win many games. And then if you're the Browns, um, so they had a game-winning drive. They were trying. Uh, well, actually, no, they were up by uh, three. I think, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And then, they, and yeah, and then they had the ball. So they were just trying to, you know, get, give some time. There was only like two minutes left um, and they run it on third and 10. So I don't know what that was. That was a pretty, yeah. Uh, Stefanski has been a really good coach for them so far, but he had some really questionable play calls at the end of that game. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes me question how much they trust Baker Mayfield, um, which I guess, I don't know. That's a whole Can't different situation. Yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, I don't know how you're going to pay him a massive extension if you uh, don't trust him in the slightest at the end of games. But um, anyway, so, but Justin Hobart, man, he's really good. Um, I know you don't want to hear this. No, he's probably the best quarterback in that draft class. No, I, just... I agree. I'm, 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 I've accepted the fact now, um, especially after he won the rookie of the year last year. I think for now, he's the best rookie in that draft class. Yeah, but no, the Chargers are really good. I said it. Uh, Last week, I am 100% ready to lock them in as a guaranteed playoff team this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that probably makes sense. I mean, you were saying, are they better than the Chiefs? Uh, after the Chiefs, yeah, no, I'm sure. They're, they're winning the division by two games right now, and they beat yeah. them head to that's true, and they do have a pretty easy schedule, but I don't know. I'm. It's going to be hard for me to pick against uh, Patrick Mahomes slice until he really likes is until if the Chiefs are still bad in November, then come and talk to me about the division being up for grabs. But for now, I don't know. Um, Giants and the Cowboys play. The Cowboys absolutely destroyed them, and the Giants have injury problems out the wazoo. Uh, for two, the, for the one takeaway for each team here, I think the Cowboys are going to have a really good record and not an incredible amount of roster talent uh for to to back that record up i mean the win at the chargers was huge for them because that set up their run uh eagles panthers giants but then it's you know it's pats vikings broncos falcons those are all probably wins for them and because all those teams are maybe not that good um and then again they play in a very easy division there's a chance they go undefeated in this division i it's hard for me to say that because i'm not the biggest cowboys guy in the world but i think there's a chance they go undefeated in this division which means that is how many more wins that's five more wins that gives them nine uh, and then they'll probably beat some bad teams outside of their division. They could be in a double-digit win territory, but does yeah. that make them contenders? 
personally, I don't think so. I think they're just taking advantage of a weak schedule, but the giants, their injury problems. I mean, you just feel bad for him. They're not even that they weren't even that good of a team to begin with. And now Saquon's out and Kadarius Tony is out and uh, well, Kadarius Tony got ejected and uh, Kenny Galladay's out and Daniel Jones is out. Um, so who knows? Do they go for Cam Newton? Do they not go for Cam Newton? Do they trust Mike Glennon? I don't know, but this Giants team is, I think, is facing a lot more questions and answers after this week. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, this game did not tell me anything I didn't already know. Mm -hmm. Um, The Cowboys are clearly the best team in that division. They're a good team, Super Bowl contender. I don't think so. But they're the best. They're the best team in that division by a mile. So they're going to get a home playoff game. They might even be able to avoid the four seed. Um, They might be able to. Yeah, I, 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 they, there's a very good chance they come out with a better record than the winner of the, the North, NFC really? West. Oh, oh, the West. No. oh, that's true. That's yeah, true. the West. Oh, the but West I mean, that's like saying, but basically, you're, so you're saying that the winner of the NFC West is going to be the worst division winner in terms of record. Probably just because of, of how tough it is. I don't I, know. I mean, with the Seahawks limping and the Niners yeah, the limping. Yeah, 49ers aren't too great, but I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah, and then I don't know. I, I looked, and I really think this is an 11 or 12 win team, though. I mean, if you look at their schedule, so mm-hmm. uh, maybe if they can avoid the because if you get the four seed, I mean, I think we both agree That's Cardinals, Rams, yeah, whichever one doesn't win the division between those two is going to be the five seed. Yeah, and I don't think you want to play either the Cardinals or the Rams in the first round, but um, so if you can avoid the four seed, that'd be great, but yeah. Best team, um, Dak Prescott, obviously, is the best quarterback in that division by miles. Cowboys right now are playing like the best team in that division by miles. So uh, congratulations, Dallas. I think you're going to actually do better than 8-8. Eight and eight. Wow. 8-8-1, um, eight, eight and one, I guess. Yeah, 8-8-1, eight, eight and one, getting, the, getting the 500. Yeah. So I think that's, the, you know, this is this is their best team, I think, since uh, Dak's with you. So I guess yeah. you have, you do have some, some stuff to chew for this year, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the Cowboys have some not unhealthy optimism for the first time in a while. Uh, another four o'clock game, the last four o'clock game, the Niners at the Cardinals. Hey, we're given every opportunity for the Cardinals to show that they're a little fraudulent and they're not. I mean, they're this is their lowest scoring game of the season. This is the first game of the season they had not put up 30 points, but they still played well enough to guide themselves to win over the Niners at home. And at this point, they look mature. Kiff, uh, Cliff Kingsbury looks like he's actually coaching very well this year i think in terms of people who who uh the, the breakout stars of the season i mean if we have to pick one guy from the cardinals the obvious could be kyler murray but i mean i'm picking cliff kingsbury to be the breakout star of the season yeah. because he's coaching so much better than he has in the past they're five and oh they're two and oh at home there's not a lot of questions on the rest of their schedule about losses i mean at the browns next week is going to be tough but yeah, that's- all the other all the other tough games they have are, are at home um, except, I mean, they obviously they have to go on the road against Seattle and the Niners, but the way they've handled themselves against the NFC West so far, who knows? I don't know. Uh, Cardinals, are they contenders? Uh, again, this is one of those talks to me in November situations, but if I had to say yes or no now, I would say yes, um, because yeah. they've beaten every team they've faced and they have left little doubt in a lot of those games. Yeah, this was a, a, a huge game for me when I watched the Cardinals because my biggest thing was, can they win a game where their offense is not clicking on all cylinders? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they did. I mean, their offense not only was it not playing amazing, it wasn't even playing that good at all. Um, and, and they still managed to come out. Their defense um, 
looked like how it did in week one against Tennessee. You know, it played obviously amazing in week one against Tennessee. And after that kind of dropped off, but now it, it played uh, really great again yesterday. So if their defense can, can be a little more consistent, then I think they will definitely contend. But right now, I don't know. It's really, it's really tough for me to say. All I do know is right now they're playing great and uh, barring a massive collapse that I don't see coming. Um, Cliff Kingsbury has definitely saved his job this season. So, yep, 100%. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, the Cardinals are a very, uh, very interesting team. It's, they're definitely, you know, one of the most fun watches in them for the 49ers, you know, Trey Lance, first start, all that, you know, he was, he was fine. Um, actually pretty good for a first start against a, a good Cardinals team, but yeah, obviously yeah. there's going to be some growing pains with, uh, with San Francisco there. Mm-hmm. Some good, some bad for Lance. Um, again, I kind of say this every episode and I don't mean to pile on Mr. Shanahan, but the team is not winning games. Uh, they barely beat the Lions week one, barely beat the Eagles week two, and I'm now lost three in a row. Sure. You got Colts bears. Um, but if you, keep losing in division like you have been questions start to arise do you think if if san francisco misses the playoffs like with a slightly healthy roster would you fire kyle shannon you are the san francisco gm your team just goes seven and ten and misses the playoffs with a mostly healthy roster it wins one division game do you fire kyle shannon no i wouldn't i'd give him another year with trey lance now if they missed it again next season i would but yeah, no. that's fair. That seems to be, yeah, that's fair. I guess that's probably the, the smart way to put it. I mean, I don't know. I'd be very, very concerned if he only won one or less division game, um, even if, like, once Jimmy G comes back. But, yeah, speaking of concern, Bills and the Chiefs. I feel very proud of myself that I picked the Bills to kind of I did. I win did in this too. game. Yeah, we, we both picked the Bills, so we're both pretty we're, – we're both looking like smart people heading into this Monday afternoon. But Bills defense played – incredibly uh, forcing turnover after turnover after turnover. Josh Allen only threw 26 passes, but also threw for three touchdowns. Mahomes was Kansas city's leading rusher. I think that tells you all you need to know. And Dawson Knox game of his life. So good for you, Dawson. But is this the bills playing well or the chiefs playing poorly to you? Um, I think it's both. I mean, I said it um, last week before this game, Despite the Cardinals having the best record, I would say I would put the Bills number one if I was doing a power ranking. Definitely would do that today. No question about it. Um, So I think if you're the Bills, I I don't know what the Chiefs, like they obviously have some real defensive woes that uh, need to be addressed. And if they're not addressed and their defense doesn't get at least somewhat better, they're not going to go too far in the playoffs, I think. But you know, we can talk about, you know, are they even going to win their division with the Chargers? Um, how do they stack up with teams like the Ravens, Titans, Browns? We can talk about that another time. But what I can confidently say is I do think the AFC that you runs through Buffalo. Um, despite yep. even, even if Kansas City does uh, improve some, which I think they will. I think the Bills this year, clearly, um, I think they've already very close now locked up the one seed. You know, as long as they don't have a huge collapse. Or as um, long as the Chargers kind of like start playing yeah. human again. Oh yeah, but I, I would definitely think the Bills. I would feel very, very confident right now. I'm saying they're going to get the one seed. So obviously mm-hmm. you get the bye, and then you get to, you know, the the AFC runs through uh, your stadium. So I think if you're the Bills, you feel amazing. Josh Allen had a little bit of a rough start to the season. Those first two games, 
Um, it was like his kind of inaccuracy that plugged him his rookie year and then somewhat his second year kind of came back. But he, he's looking back to like he was last season. He is playing a really good football the past two games, especially um, last week in a prime uh, yesterday in a primetime game against the Chiefs. So I think yep. if you're the Bills, you're just absolutely ecstatic with, with how you're going. I think if you're a Bills fan, you feel actually like legitimately it would not be surprising if they won the Super Bowl. Um, and I think that's obviously huge for that uh, franchise. And then if you're the Chiefs, I guess you just got to, I don't know, just do whatever you do in practice. Just do nothing but defensive drills. Just yeah. nothing. Yeah. I mean, this Chiefs offense, I think, is good when they don't turn the ball over. And that's a big when they don't um, because they've been turning over a lot. They've been turning over a lot. All of their game, This was actually the biggest blowout they've been in was this game. And it was also the best opponent they've played. Um, their defense, geez, geez. This is what I think this is prod. This is the worst defense Mahomes has had. Wouldn't you say? Like, yeah. this is, I feel like this is worse than his like MVP year. Yeah, um, it's a little bit worse. Yeah. I mean, just Spagnolo, I, I just doesn't really seem like he's coordinating this defense very well. Dar- Daniel Sorensen repeatedly was attacked by every pass catcher on that Bills offense and could not get a stop. So there's a lot of concern about this Chiefs offense for me uh, heading into this next season. So. Yeah, that's kind of all. That's it for the sunny games. Caleb, was any any specific players you want to shout out for uh, for Monday night? Um, I don't know. I'm trying to find one. Obviously, you mentioned it, Dawson Knox. Yeah, it was so good for for the Bills. So, uh, yeah, I want to give a spef- a very special shout out um, to Mason Crosby because yeah. Um, it was, it was not good for a while. Um, there were a lot of people who after, you know, three straight missed kicks would just completely just check out emotionally, but he, he managed to still kick a game winner. So I think despite yeah. how bad he played there, um, I think he does deserve credit for that. So, and then also Eagles defense. Yeah, that's they actually a plus. Yeah. Eagles so defense is an A plus. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna give my my A plus of the week to the Eagles defense. I thought they played really well. I thought they were coordinated better. And to the to the special teams, to the special teams defense all around the NFL because the amount of kicks the kickers missed was crazy. So who knows if that was a kicker thing or a field goal block thing. But that will conclude today's episode of the All Nine Yards podcast. Hopefully, considering we're recording this early in the afternoon because it's Indigenous Peoples Day and I don't have school, um, means that we might be able to get it out before the Monday night game. No promises, though. We'll see. We'll see. But that is it for the episode, Caleb. Uh, thanks for coming on again. Thanks for discussing football. We'll be back again later in the week to preview week six. Oh, week six, the NFL. We're basically a third of the way there already, um, which is crazy to think. Very exciting. But uh, very exciting. Everybody stay safe, and we'll see you next time. Wow, you thought the episode was over. Absolutely not. We're back, Luke and Caleb. Uh, I was editing this 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 podcast, and John Gruden uh, resigned from head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. They gave him the they gave him a ten year, one hundred million dollar contract. What three years ago, along with Mayock, and they have done nothing since. They've missed the playoffs every single year, um, and now due to some very let's be honest uh, offensive emails that he should be fired for, uh, he is now he's now resigned. Um, you know, the NFL launched like a, a like an uh, investigation into Washington uh, and ended up not finding out Dan Snyder and but finding out John Gruden, who was the brother of Jay Gruden, uh, who was at Washington at the time. But we're here. We're back. Um, it's 942 on Monday night. 
Uh, we're just going to discuss where the Raiders kind of go from here. So, Caleb, I'll, I'll give you the floor first. Who do you think? I mean, this is I, this is a very open-ended question, but what was your reaction when you heard this news? Yeah, honestly, um, uh, you know, a couple of days ago when it first came out, it was obviously pretty bad, but I wasn't sure if it would actually result in, to, in him losing his job. But then today, like more stuff came out, and then a couple hours ago, it became pretty apparent that he, he would not be the Raiders coach mo- mo- uh, much longer, most likely. So, I, I mean, I'm not all too shocked by this, but, I mean, it's disappointing that, that he said that kind of stuff, but I think if you're the Raiders, I mean, he wasn't even, I mean, that great of a coach anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, if it wasn't for that massive contract, he would have been on the hot seat anyway. Yeah. So, uh, this might not be the worst thing in the world for the Raiders, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it is pretty terrible what he said um so he's he's gone because of that uh so we'll have to see who takes over next year I think is the big question but like you said he wasn't a very good coach to begin with um you're right if it wasn't for that big big contract he definitely wouldn't be on the hot seat I think he was on the hot seat this year anyway um even with that 10-year contract I would I would say if they go under six wins this year he's gone he's gone anyway um but I just think in terms of options that are going to take over I'm looking at the coaching staff right now. Nobody on offense really strikes me. Maybe Greg Olson. He's their offensive coordinator. It's not the tight end Greg Olson, but the the old guy Greg Olson. Um, I would honestly peg Gus Bradley to take over defensive coordinator. He's got head coaching. Did he coach the Titans at one point? Um, I don't. I don't recall. No, I think that was Wisenhunt coached the Titans at one point, right? Yeah, Ken Wisenhunt. Yeah, I get those two mixed up. I don't know why. Oh, because they were both. Jaguars guys I think I'm pretty sure Bradley was the Jaguars coach for a little bit so I think I'd probably see him taking over um for Gruden this year next year it'll be interesting though because I mean I think Gruden was on the hot seat anyway but you look at coaching candidates you look at Eric Bieniemy, who's literally been in every single has been in the he's his name has been in the mouth of a lot of people every single time a coaching vacancy opens up so he should be up there Joe Brady should be up there if the Panthers continue to do well Uh, is there anybody specifically you think the Raiders could go after next next offseason yeah, you know, I think it's going to be the the typical three. Um, there seems to be, like, three main guys uh, at this point. Uh, Eric Bien-Ami, uh Joe Brady, and then Brian Dable, the mm-hmm. offensive coordinator for the Bills. Yeah. So I think that those are, have always, like, for a while now, kind of been the three most, you know, head coaching-like ex- uh, jobs candidates. So it's probably going to be one of those three. Um, I don't really know. Anyone else, I highly doubt they go get someone from college. So um, I, I do think it'll probably be one of those three. Yeah, probably. Um, I mean, I think this also offers a chance to look at other coaches that are on the hot seat. Obviously, Urban Meyer's on the hot seat. Um, he's been really bad. But shockingly, I don't think you put Dan Campbell or David Cully on the hot seat. They've both been pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Brian Flores, maybe if the Dolphins really stink it up this year, but I think he should keep his job. Is there anybody else? Joe Judge, I guess. Maybe, I don't know, who, who sticks out to you as being on the hot seat this year so far? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely interesting because, like, every year there's, like, five or six coaches that get fired, but I'm having a really hard time uh, finding, you know, more than a couple, really. Um, I, I think Brian Flores, even if the Dolphins are really bad, I think he's safe. I think then if they're really bad again next year, he's probably gone, but I think he's safe no matter what for this season. Um, yeah. Um, and obviously, Dan Campbell, Dave Coley, fine too. 
So I guess Oban Maya would probably be the biggest one. Um, Matt Nagy is is one for sure. And then uh, if the Broncos, you know, uh, end up not having a good record, Big Fangio is probably gone. But yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, Blank Zimmer could also be a guy on that list. Yeah, I've always liked him, but. He's I agree. Actually, I've always liked him too. He's a former Cincy guy, but come on. He's one Craig Joseph miss away from being one yeah. and four with a loss to Detroit. Yeah, no, I, I think that um, it's actually funny. Cause if you go on like betting sites right now, he's actually the favorite to be a coach fired mid season. Like he has the best. Oh, odds. Mike Zimmer is the favorite. Yeah. Oh, wow. I find that shocking. I know. I, like- I, I find like, yeah, I found it shocking too. But yeah, he's the he's the favorite of all the coaches to get fired midseason, which is weird. But yeah, well, that's interesting. Also, get yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that if the Bengals end up only finishing with like six or maybe even seven wins, Zach Taylor could be in trouble. But oh, a hundred percent. This is a make or break year for him. Um, I mean, I don't want to oversell ownership too much because they have not shown to be the most um, urgent ownership in the world they let marvin lewis stay around forever but he always got them to play i mean i feel like the expectation in cincinnati especially after the start is playoffs is like yeah. edge playoffs or at least close i think the expectation is playoffs but it, they won't be disappointed unless you only win like six games i think seven is the absolute minimum you can get yeah. a job and I, I don't know i was talking with um with some people about this yesterday but it would be a dream at least for me as a Bengals fan to get luke fickle the u of c coach to come up yeah. and be the head coach and like D got defensive coordinator guy and then to lure Joe Brady away from the Panthers and be like, come to Cincinnati. You will hold all the offensive stuff. You'll get your boys back from college. That would just be amazing. If they could get fickle and Brady to be like their twin heads. Problem is that might create a little bit of a power struggle, but I, I don't think so. To, I mean, as long I as they're if, clear about the role setting in. Yeah. I, I think if, if Zach Taylor goes, I think they'll just go after Joe Brady to be the head coach, honestly. Yeah, probably. I mean, I think that I would rather have fickle and Brady than just Brady, but I think, yeah, the Brady is definitely there. I mean, the, the Twitter account literally has hashtag buy you bangles in like half the posts. If they draft Stingley next year, geez, Louise, they're just putting all the LSU players in Cincinnati, but yeah, that's, that's probably what they would do. All right. So that's kind of it. That's emergency. This is the first ever emergency podcast in all nine years history, but John Gruden gone. I mean, for the Raiders for the rest of the year, what does it look like? I mean, they already were kind of struggling. Now their head coach is gone. What do you, where do you see them finishing at this rate? Yeah. I, when we, we quoted the other part of a podcast earlier today, it was, it was funny. Cause I was like, wow, it's Canadian Thanksgiving. No, it's really coming down for the Raiders. Yeah, this oh, is like Canadian is. Thanksgiving on steroids, man. Like this, is the, the organization is falling apart in the last two days. I mean, some uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's gone into shambles. So, yeah, I mean, if the Raiders, I'd be pretty surprised if they made the playoffs at this point. I mean, after yesterday's performance against the Bears, I mean, maybe the all the you know drama surrounding Gruden maybe affected their play. That's definitely possible. Yeah, but, that's true. Um, I don't know. It's it, the way I'm well, Monday night football is on right now. And the way the Colts are playing, they might, they might sneak in at that seven seed or something, honestly. But I, I yeah, I don't think the Raiders have a, a great shot at this point. Yeah. I think they're struggling in a division. That's probably going to be a little tough, a little stingy. Yeah. They're going to have to win all the games they can against Denver. 
Um, yeah, because yeah, that division right now, two. yeah, that division right now, I think is third place at best. Yeah, I mean, I think you're, yeah, exactly. It's third place at best. And to get to the playoffs in the AFC, I don't think anybody from the East is going to make it outside of Buffalo. Um, I don't yeah. think, it, I don't think anybody from the South is going to make it outside of a Tennessee. I think so the, we're looking at I think three wild card spots. I really do. Huh? I, I really think with the way, you know, a lot of the, like the Broncos, Raiders are kind of going down. No, I, I actually think the Colts are going to get the seventh seed. But Do you think the Colts are going to get the seventh seed? I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess I they're winning right now. But you yeah. think they're going to have a better record than the Bengals or the Browns? I mean, because I think we're looking at the four division winners, second place yeah. in the AFC West and second place in the AFC North. And then that's one spot up for grabs. Yeah, exactly. Not to flex, but it's exactly how I predicted it is that the Bengals and the Colts would come down to the final day for the seventh seed. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Broncos would be in the mix too. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I, maybe I'm biased, but I feel like the Bengals are in a better spot than the Colts and they play a much easier schedule too. Yeah. It was, it, yeah, it's interesting. Cause I looked at the, I kind of did looked at every team directly again. And it's like, I both have the, uh, I have the, both the Colts right now, technically I have the Colts at nine wins, Bengals at eight wins, but it, it yeah. could easily, easily be flip-flopped. So it'll be close. Yeah. I mean, the, the Colts and the Raiders play in week 17, not week 18, but week yeah. 17. So that could be a pretty good game I, I, if the Raiders that, are still in Yeah, it. that could be a really good game, but I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to see. Well, Thanksgiving really did come early for Vegas. So that's that's kind of the end. That's the this is the actual end of the podcast because uh, it is it is the first emergency add-on in all nine year history. Thank you for taking time out of the halftime of Monday Night Football to jump on this, Caleb, yeah. and uh, enjoy the rest of the Carson Wentz masterclass. Hopefully, by saying that I've jinxed him in the and actually no, I guess I kind of want the Raider the Ravens to lose because then the Bengals are. I mean, I the, first. the Bengals are in first in their division if the Ravens lose. These are my two least favorite teams, so I don't. Yeah. But I guess I want the Ravens to win because division yeah, is Well, we both have our divisional hopes riding on it. So, yeah, that's uh, that's the state of things in Vegas and Monday Night Football. Thanks, Caleb, for coming on. I'm tired. I'm going to go to sleep now. I'm going to watch the rest of the game and then I'll go to sleep. So, everybody stay safe and we'll see you tomorrow. Not tomorrow. We'll see you later. Mm-hmm.